Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock. We geek of the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amos. And welcome to episode 93, season 5, episode 13, entitled Que Surpresa, originally airing February 3rd, 2011. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. With Cable Town's acquisition of NBC Universal finally complete, CEO Hank Hooper is in town to meet Jack and everyone else who works at 30 Rock and implement some new workplace culture ideas. Meanwhile, Avery's up for a big new role at NBC News, but is afraid her pregnancy will get in the way, especially when one of her rival co-workers starts sniffing around, leading to Liz pretending to be the one who's actually pregnant. And in the C-plot... Cable Town has sent over plenty of gifts for both Tracy and Jenna, but while they each get a MacBook, there's only one sweatshirt. And who's gonna get it? I mean, it's pretty funny that they afford to give them both MacBooks and all these other gifts, but seemingly can only afford to just give them one sweater. It's kind of funny. It's a very good sweatshirt. I mean, it's what? Yeah. Sweatshirting sounds, sounds solid. No, um, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is continuing off the trend of the last few episodes, like another... Maybe not laugh out loud funny episode, but definitely in that same vein of traditional 30 Rock style of comedy. Of um, There's always like a, not twist, but a slant on it that feels very much in the world of 30 Rock. Like Liz trying so hard to show that she's pregnant despite showing no signs at all and just going so over the top with like a photo shoot that... <laughs> It's just really kind of more cringy than uh, than helpful, um, and then like Jack learning the paces of his new boss and the intricacies of what he's ex- what he expected versus the reality is is some fun and, and something that's stretched out over the rest of the season too because we'll see more Pank Cooper. Uh, so I think through the rest of this season and then some in season, season six as well. Um, but yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's. A standout episode um, compared to the last few that we've seen, but there's still a lot in here um, to enjoy. The Tracy and Jenna stuff is kind of, I mean, it feels like they forget about it halfway through the episode, and then I don't know, it yeah. just kind of peters out. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. I do like that, you know, there's stuff in here about Jack and like dealing with what he's used to and new stuff, and like I feel like the way it was handled earlier in the season when it was more about his legacy was. I mean, we talked through those episodes like it got a little boring, but in this episode where it's like just total wackiness where now it's an all-employees dining room instead of executive dining room and all-employees pitch day, that's like, it does it, like, it, I guess it challenges what he's used to, but it does it in like a funny and like wacky way that plays well for the show. Um, like it, it presents a new challenge to him, but also a very easy, but it's also an easy challenge because... You know, like he was ready to come into to the cable town. Like he's got, I got to have all these new ideas. I got to have all these things in place. I got to be like number one. And then, I mean, all he really has to do here is just be nice to the people he works with. And once a month, take suggestions from them. Like, seems pretty easy to me. I don't. I mean, I, I assume he also still has to do his other daily duties. But it seems like he was expectation is, you know, hit the ground running, and and you got to show how good you are. Whereas the mentality at Cable Town seems a little, a little more lackadaisical and just like, yeah, man, yeah. just do whatever you need to do. So like he's he's like psyched himself up and then gets psyched out when he realizes, yeah, this isn't what I was expecting, kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's funny, right? And they play obviously like Cable Town is like this hokey, like mm-hmm. small, almost like small town business. But <laughs> I guess which is I don't know part of the point I guess since Comcast obviously is like a giant cable conglomerate like corporate whatever so it's like there's no way that actual compass like that at all but it's funny oh, yeah. because it's, oh this 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 small town lever from philadelphia is coming to the big right. city to to because they bought out nbc yeah um also like i thought uh vanessa manillo as as uh carmen chow the oh, yeah. avery's rival like gave like a really really good performance like like one of the i don't know for i mean I guess, like, it, it was a role that's ripe for, like, being, 
ridiculous, but she like played it like I don't know. It was one of the the more memorable yeah. guest performances, like semi serious. Like she played it mostly straight, but it still yeah. was like what she was working with was so silly, but she still made it because like she used an intensity that was yeah. like <laughs> no, and no. I, honestly, I wish we got more of her. Yeah, like, I feel like she's only a handful of scenes, and she kills every time she's in those scenes. But then we never see her again. It seems like such a waste because she could have done so much. Yeah, it could have been a really good recurring character. Yeah. Yeah, especially because you have Avery keep coming back. Like, have her rival. Like, everybody essentially has a rival on this show. So let's have Avery with a rival. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she was super great. Um, any other thoughts before we hop in? Yes, or, even okay. the tracing. Well, I would say just even the tracing Jenna storyline, even though it's it's only a couple scenes. Yeah. Like, it's that's also just like so silly that it's it's really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like for their wackiness level it's like a two out of a ten like i mean it's not it's so low grade stakes for them but at the same time like the fact that they're so petty over something that probably costs thirty dollars that like they could easily afford multiples of these it's just the fact that one of them has it's very childish that one of them has something that they both want and i mean tracy was the adult in giving it up but still is very petty and passive aggressive about it and but we learned how to tame them easily. Just pretend you're pregnant, and yeah. they'll do what you say. Yeah. Now, there's. I think this episode has a ton of lines um, that definitely run through my head. Like the pretend to be, pr- pretend to help Jack. Why can't you do it for real? <laughs> you know, it takes a moment of your time. But also that coming from someone like Tracy or Jenna, when like they would not go out of their way to help someone, is also pretty funny. Um, and then the Barley, uh, Owen Owen Barley Smith, whatever uh, the name that Liz gives to her fictional child, Owen T. Barley Smith or something like that, Barley Smythe. It's just, there's a lot of really good one lines in this episode. Let's hop in. Let's hop, all right. Well, so the cold open is basically going to set up um, everyone's storylines, and then we'll, we'll come back after the opening. Back to the top one more time, guys. Everyone, I need your attention. Gather up. I said everyone, Sketchtron 6000. Mr. Hank Hooper, the owner of our new parent company, Cable Town, is touring 30 Rock for the first time today. I will make a good first impression, so I need all of you to be your most normal. Tracy, do not mention where you think dinosaurs come from. Do not mention the underwater city of Saranacon. Got it. Jenna, get all of your crazy yelling out of your system. If you don't volumize my hair, I will choke you to death with your boyfriend's wig! Very good. Frank, how was your armpit thing? Not great. It's almost touching my thigh thing. Okay. Let's do our best. Remember, everyone, just don't be yourselves. Uh, Lemon, meet me in my office in 10. I need to ask you something. (gasps) Do you need sex advice? Here's a tip. Sometimes a lady likes to leave her blazer on. Sir, ma'am, this is for you. A gift bag to my two favorite sketch stars, your new friend, Hank Hooper. That's nice. Actors deserve gifts. Without us, who would present awards to actors? So, which one of us is going to get this computer? Just kidding. We both are. Wow, I always wanted one of these. The box would make a perfect coffin for my teddy bear. There's two of everything. Look at us. When we met four years ago, we were fighting about the silliest things. Dressing rooms, airtime, you coming in and ruining my show. You taking my nephew's virginity. I feel we finally found a balance in our relationship. There's only one. You take it. I don't care. I want you to selfishly take the best sweatshirt in the world. Uh, so it's also kind of a slap in the face Danny's not in this episode nor is he considered one of Hank Cooper's favorite that's true he's not even mentioned he's only been on the season once one year but still like I mean again not even featured and mentioned at all in this episode I again kind of forgot until re-watching it now for the recording all right Danny's not in this episode or mentioned or anything he went okay. back to doing his robot gig on the streets. Yeah. He was this around money. the time that he was also on Glee? Because he was on Glee, I think, season three or four, like, sporadically. I don't think uh, he was on it as a regular. I think he was just I don't know. I don't think I was watching Glee. Anymore. That was definitely where I was tapping out of Glee. I think I'd only made it, like, season three or four. I feel like he came in, like, season three, and he was, like, the head 
teacher or the uh, the glee club for the rich boys school or something like that he was on glee from 2010 to 2011 so okay, yeah so this is around that time it overlaps with yep yeah he also guested on an episode of curb your enthusiasm around that time hmm. yeah well everyone's kind of been on curb your enthusiasm i think That's it's been on 11 years so poor danny doesn't even get recognized um Lemon, this is a little delicate, but I wonder if you might take Avery shopping for baby things. Oh, sure. You know, a crib, small clothes, a tiny desk with a miniature pen set on it. I don't know a lot about babies, but I know that Avery would enjoy having another woman go with her. Of course. I'm just a little surprised. I assumed Avery would have a terrifying best friend she'd do stuff like that with. Avery does have a sister, but Eugenia is currently institutionalized for nerves lesbian and all of her work friends are out because she's still trying to keep her pregnancy a secret really she's eight months how is she possibly hiding it michael coors is a friend we own a gay racehorse together and i convinced him to make wizard cloaks fashionable for ladies this winter it's my fault for asking the problem is that avery is very close to being named the financial reporter for nbc nightly news if anyone finds out she's pregnant she won't get the job oh see that would never happen if men could get pregnant which is the premise of my one-act play, The Seahorses of Warwickshire Abbey. Avery just needs to keep her condition under wraps until her contract is signed. Unfortunately, her competition for the job is Carmen Chow from MSNBC. Oh, I know her. Hey, what ethnicity is she? No one knows. In international news, Mexican President Felipe Calderón is traveling this week to China to meet with Premier Juan Jiabao and then stopping for a well-deserved vacation in Negril, Jamaica, Mon. If Carmen finds out Avery's pregnant, she'll use it to destroy her. Carmen's very sneaky, and that's not racist because I don't know what she is. Man, we all lead such complicated lives. Hey, you want to go to that new popcorn place for lunch? I'm going to the executive dining room to meet with Hank Hooper. I can't wait to shake his hand. Now, you can tell a lot about someone by their handshake. You are confident. And you ate dinner in front of a mirror last night. Carol's away a lot. You know, before that line, I was just thinking, like, it's been a good amount of time since Carol was really mentioned. I was like, wait a second, are they still together? Did they break up and I forgot? But yeah. nope, they're still together. No, they're coming up. I think their breakup is just a couple episodes away. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But yeah, I, I, much like Danny, I'd forgotten, like, wait, were they still dating? I'm trying to think the last mention was a couple episodes ago. They just mentioned that... Um, like he was in Fort Lauderdale on spring break or something like that. Because K- Kenneth was just saying, like, I heard girls laughing in the background. And he sounded like he said, I heard the sound of, I heard the sound of sunshine. Things like that. Um, but yeah, this, we haven't seen him since the live show. I think. Oh, man, it all runs together. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Vanessa, is it Million? Manilo. Manilo. I'm thinking of Chris- Christina, Christina Million. Million. Yeah. And it was a different person. It was a different, different person. And Christina Milioni. From how is that her name? Oh, Miliati. Kristen Miliati. Miliati, yeah. All those M names are so confusing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, well, she was Vanessa Milian. No. Mi- no, no, no. No, Manilo. Manilo. Vanessa Milian. Manilo. Okay. That's, that's her that's maiden, her maiden name. name. Right. Yeah, yeah. Vanessa Manilo, but now she's married. Or I guess she, she's married to Nicholas Shane for yeah. a while now. Yeah. yeah. But she was a VJ, MTV VJ? Yeah, she started. Well, apparently, I was just looking up her bio. Like, apparently, she won Miss Teen USA or something, which I didn't realize. And then that must have, I guess, then, right, then she first became, I guess, known as an MTV VJ, like back in the, the TRL. When yeah, it was I think so. Prime. The, well, I don't know about the Prime. I think it was in that tail end of TRLs. At some point. I could be wrong. I, I really could be wrong. I don't know. I, re- I remember her being on TRL, but I don't remember the period anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so she's she's. I felt like she had kind of dropped off the face of the earth. But well, but I was looking, and apparently she's been the host of Top Chef Junior for the last few years, which I didn't know was a show that existed. And also, I did remember this, but I forgot she hosts. She co-hosted with Nick Lachey Love Is Blind on Netflix earlier this year, which was a very popular show that I did not watch or care to watch. It must have been good then. It was the one where uh, Love Is Blind. That was the one where they they like met and like only talked to each other before like they couldn't see each other they could only talk to each other before they decided to couple up or something i can't remember anyway it's extremely popular so just basically a blind date like you they just set them up not knowing anything about each other and then they just either 
I didn't watch it, oh. so I don't know. But I, I'll, I'll, but, but I know was the, the 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 big conceit was they all could only talk to each other. They couldn't actually see each other until like they it was like I think they I think it was something like they talked to a bunch of people and then they picked the people they wanted to date or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, well, I'm just going based based off the title, "Love Is Blind." I'm assuming it's essentially a blind date because you don't know much about the person. No, but the blind part was they didn't see them until after they chose them, only based on talking to them. Well, I mean, that's what a blind date is. You don't know anything about the person you meet them. I feel like usually a blind date is you don't know anything about them whatsoever. Like maybe right. like maybe you've seen a picture, but otherwise you, you haven't met them or talked to them or know anything. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Anyway, she was a co-host of that. You so go, girl. No, I mean, but I mean, I part, like halfway through this episode, I was like, man, she could have, maybe not, I don't know. I don't think she could have carried a show or anything, but I think like if she were in a similar idea of a show like 30 Rock, I think she could have done a really good job of being like a series lead, and it's a shame that she didn't really get. Well, I mean, for me, it's just it was a really good character, and yeah. it easily could have been at least a recurring character. Yeah, but I, know. There's I, some, mean, I just feel like she has like a charisma and a style, and, and just timing down that she could have done something more that we just didn't get to see, unfortunately. But she had like a wedding career, to plan. Oh, her career is going well, so I uh, can't fault her or anything like that. Uh, Meanwhile, in the executive dining room, uh, Jack meets Hank Cooper for the first time and then starts seeing some of the changes that Hank's already uh, making to 30 Rock. Ahoy there, Jack. Hank Cooper, nice to meet you. I'm a hugger. (laughs) Nope, doesn't count as a hug unless it goes on for 10 seconds. Yeah. Well, it is an honor, sir, to finally... I know, sir, Jack. Call me Hank. Or, hey, idiot, like my wife does. Kidding. She's an angel. What's up, Jack? What are you doing here? No, it's fine, Jack. Tabletown's a family company, and where I come from, families eat together. This is no longer the executive dining room. It's the everyone dining room. Welcome, everyone. This is where we used to hold retirement parties. The balcony below was probably still littered with stripper bones. Now there are people here wearing sandals. Yeah. Well, isn't that nice? Listen, can I tell you how happy I am with the work you've done for us so far? It's been outstanding. Thank you. And believe me, I'm not done. I'm working on something new right now that I think... Room for a single? Sure. Let me ask you a question. Do you know who came up with the idea for the DVR? It was the guy who drives me home every night. The original name for the DVR was the thing Carlos thought of. Since then, I make sure that once a month, anyone who works here can pitch any idea they have to upper management. Anyone. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I see. So I want you to hear ideas all day tomorrow and then report back to me. I'll be the guy wearing the Bugs Bunny tie. (laughs) What is this green stuff? Wipe it off! Wipe it off! Aww, that was a that was a weird line reading. What the wipe, wipe it off? Wipe it off! like a child. I think yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's, it's gross. Yeah. Lutz doesn't have much to work with. Give him something. Now, uh, so Hank Cooper's introduction. Uh, he's uh, played by Ken Howard. Uh, he has a familiar face, but I don't know anything else that I've seen him in. Aside from 30 Rock, but he's just like a character actor. He's just been in a ton of shows. His filmography is crazy. Um, but Grey I, Gardens? I couldn't tell you anything else that I've It seems seen like he's been on every CBS procedural, judging by your quick scroll through IMDb. Right. Well, and, oh, and, and all the Law and Orders. Yeah. Well, again, if it's a show based in New York, yeah. you probably have literally everyone on it. He's just all over the place. Wow, he's really been on many, many, many procedurals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, he does a, he does a great job. With the Hank Cooper character being like the lovable goof, kind of, like you said, like, they're supposed to be sort of, what was the word you described them as? Cable Town? Like, they're like, uh... Just like a small town yeah, company or whatever. Like, hum- not humble, but, uh, you know... Mom and Pop? Mom and Pop backwards representation, mm-hmm. but... Or not backwards, but like, you know, like... Yeah. More subtle, whereas like, you know, look at someone like Don Geis, who's very like, you know tactile and yeah corporate corporate whereas hank cooper is a little bit more playful and goofy but we will see a couple episodes down the line where he does get a little uh more aggressive and 
uh, does have to get a little corporate every now and again, but usually yeah. this is his demeanor. Is I feel like, yeah, I feel like you have to. I feel like there's a trope of like in a bunch of shows like executives who are like very easygoing, but it's like at some point they have to, sh- you know, what I mean? but you don't get to be the head of a massive corporation or like a big law firm or whatever by being like nice and easygoing. So it's like they kind of have to show the part where like they're like actually very like cutthroat or harsh or whatever. Right. So yeah. And they, thankfully they don't do the idea where there's several episodes of them being nice and then suddenly they're having to be aggressive. Like it's a slow build to it. Yeah. So it, well, it doesn't sense. have to be that, but you, but you, but I right. think it is, but it, you do have to show like how, at least how, you know, they, they rose the ladder because mm-hmm. obviously like you have to, I don't know, you have to display some, yeah, you don't make a scene. You can't be jovial and like that all the time. Like, I mean, you can be that most of the time, I guess, obviously, but you can't be that all the time to really all right get anything, yeah, so. people will take advantage of you yeah. or things like that yeah which that's really weird but okay not weird but it's kind of gross that that's the system is that you have to be a little cutthroat to just maintain that level yeah. of well i mean if you're executive. talking but i mean if you're talking about like the top executives like huge companies like i mean you know if if you're talking like like literally like small you know i mean i didn't really wait but i mean you know what i mean like well, I guess like <laughs> you, you can't be the the CEO of AT and T or Warner or whatever or Comcast or whatever if you're not. No, I know, uh, but like, I guess my thing is, how do you learn to be like that? Other than just being in that industry, you know what I mean? Like, that's not something you take a class on. It's not something you learn. Well, it's just like, like I, don't I don't know. know. Like, I don't know. Like, if you go to business school, do they teach you those things? Like, you have to be a little more cutthroat. You have to be this. You know. I don't feel like they would teach you. You've got to be yeah. backhanded. I don't think it's. Like I don't think it's that so much as like a lot of times if you're in business school, especially if you're someone who's like going to be on a track to go to like a top company. You're doing you're doing internships when you're in college okay. and like specific like training programs and stuff. So it's like I think it's just you're exposed to the environment and you right. learn how to act in that environment. Yeah. So that's just kind of because there's a certain culture like right you just learn it as you're young and then right. you so that's how you as you you know grow up and so whatever. i guess that's my annoyance with that idea or that ideal that you have to be cut there is because it's not something that is explicitly learned or taught yeah. it's just something right. you pick up just because that's just the way that it is i don't know i don't yeah. like well, the idea that it's just the way that it is and it's like well those things can change and it doesn't have to be like that it's just it's easier to maintain that than it is to implement changes to make it where if you're just the best that's you're then you're the ceo rather than you were the best and or you were also really cutthroat and making deals or, or getting your place you know like i don't know like it's, well meritocracy is a hoax <laughs> but well no i know not that, i mean not nepotism also is yes. a problem. i would say not that we need to start turning into critiquing capitalism or economic right. systems but i mean part of it is you know our society businesses have to maximize profits and have more profits every quarter and every year so right. you know what i mean so it's, it's a certain personality right. type that leads to that sort of nature you know what i mean yeah. because if you're a leading company and you always have to make more and do more you know what i mean like if you're i don't know there's a certain let's just say that correlates with a certain type of personality that right i know. mean it's yeah it's it's just the systems in place can be fixed if you know given the time and the abilities but it's not likely anything that will ever change. So just kind of roll with the punches. One day a giant meteor will hit us all and it will all be a moot point. <sighs> Why does it got to be a meteor? Why can't it just be like the... A giant dinosaur will be flung out of space you. from where it's been floating around in the galaxy for... Finally. Millennia. That's all we could ask for, right? Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> back at the... Well, not back at, but uh, this is Elizabeth Fink's first appearance in a while, right? I think so. Yeah, uh, she's had like a body double since the uh, the Christmas attack zones last time mm-hmm. we saw her. It's been a little while, but not too long. But um, but she's only in this two scenes, right? Uh, she's in this scene, and then at the very end when she's telling Carmen the, about yeah. a new job. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have her for a lot of time, but she again, Elizabeth Banks is always great every time she's playing Avery. Uh, so we get to see Avery, uh, Carmen, and Liz doing their best, but. Uh, Liz has to immediately cover for Avery to protect her and Jack. Ugh, these pregnancy photos are so tacky. They're like those knockoff bags you get in Chinatown. Really? I like my Prador bag. <gasps> Avery Jessup. Que sorpresa. Carmen, what are you doing here? Oh, I just love babies. Love their creepy little hands and the way they crawl fast like a rat monster. Question is, what are you doing here? Oh, she's here with me. 
I'm pregnant, and Avery is helping me decide what kind of baby megaphone to buy. Really? You're the pregnant one? Yeah. Some dude jacked me, and now his sperm is growing in my stomach. That's not how babies are made. No, we're gonna go. You're tired. Oh, you'll find this interesting. I'm working on a story right now about single mothers in their 40s. That's a great idea. So you'll be in it. Why wouldn't you be? You just said it was a great idea, and you're pregnant, right? So by the law of rebel traps, you have to do it. Okay, Carmen, I'll be in your story. You can interview me at the new popcorn place on 11th Avenue. No, we'll do it at your office. Fine, I'll just go to the popcorn place alone, even though all their advertising suggests it is a place for groups of friends to have a good time. Liz really oh, wants to go to that popcorn place. Um, no, this was the scene that I was like, okay, yeah. Vanessa could carry a show. Like, or not carry a show, but like she deserves her own show. Cause yeah. There's something in the way the line where she's like, that's not how babies are made, while she's like simultaneously like rolling her eyes at the right. same time. That it's like, yeah, it's, it's like perfect like, timing. So like, it's good yeah. comedic timing that she has. And yeah. then her whole like, you just said it was a great idea and you're pregnant by the rules of verbal traffic. Like, it's just that it was so good that it's like, man, I could see her on. Uh, another NBC show that's like running after third. I could see yeah. her in a show, but like I could also just... see her doing a, a Sorkin show because she can have that like fast talking, yeah. like walk yeah. and talk thing down. But why is she really there outside? Like she must have been following them, right? Because if she's not, that's how like, I took it that yeah. she followed Avery because yeah. she suspected her, so she's probably been following her. And now right. that she's trapped her in a pregnancy store, right? It's but it was a good trap. thing that she brought Liz along. Yeah. But it's that confidence though. Like if Avery had just simply asked her again, like, you know, really, what are you doing here? You know, what is she going to say? Like, oh, but I guess she has her out there and saying like, you know, I have a program coming up about interviewing pregnant ladies. So you next naturally would go to the pregnancy store to yeah. ask that. But yeah. I mean, Avery could have also said like, I mean, if, if we didn't want to have Liz have a plot for the episode, it could have been that Avery was like getting a present for her pregnant sister or something. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. But yeah. This is funnier. So. No, it is, absolutely. Entrapment is always fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, new, while Jenna and Tracy are still uh, arguing over sweatshirty, uh, the news has already broken as rumors start flying about Liz at, back at 30 Rock. Miss Lemon, Carmen Chow called about an interview. Is she doing an expose on how feminism has led to a happiness crisis among educated women? No, Kenneth, it's nothing. I'm going to call Jack and make it go away. Check this out. I was up in the everybody dining room sharing a table with B-dubs here, and guess what he told me? Okay, gossip alert. According to my colleague Carmen Chow, our friend Liz Lemon is pregnant. (gasps) Dude, is that true? Are you pregnant? Isn't that wonderful news? Lemon told me this morning she got jacked big time. Uh, Lemon, a word? What the hell is going on? Thank you for covering for Avery last night. But now you're a part of this, and Carmen Chow is relentless. Like a bloodhound, perhaps literally. We still don't know her genetic background. So what, now people think I'm pregnant? Do I have to do this mom news story? There is no news story. Carmen isn't getting anywhere with Avery, so she's trying to call your bluff. Well, it is called. I am telling everyone here that there's no way I could be pregnant, because I have had my period for the last 61 days. Lemon, please. Avery's career has never been more important, because I just don't know what's happening with mine. What? Why? The everyone dining room, open office hours, memos with emoticons in them. If this is how Cable Town does business, I don't know if I have a future here. I'm Jack Donaghy. Don Geist gave me this watch for firing a man on his deathbed. So wait, you might leave? I don't know if I can survive here. So I need you to fake being pregnant to help my family. I'm asking you as a friend. How come when I try to get you to go to a murder mystery party with me, it's all, we're business colleagues, Lemon. Ugh, I don't know why I ever chose you as a friend. Let's just be clear about this. I chose you. I heard the blessed news, Liz. May I kiss your stomach? Absolutely not. Hello, beautiful. It's Uncle Wutsy. Oh, hey, Jack, you and I have a pitch meeting later. You're a baby. So basically, Jack's not ready for the early... 2010s era of a lot of businesses adopting more playful uh, business ideas like being a little bit more uh, open, I guess, with like emails. Like I know like emails used to be very, um, I don't know, a better word to say than dry. Like they were very formal, formal, probably a good word. But like now like 
you know, a lot of businesses use like Slack and Teams and like chat chat messengers and things like which ten years ago were well weren't as prominent as they once were or as they are now, but uh, would still be probably looked looked down upon as you know unprofessional whereas yeah. now like they seem so commonplace that yeah well i think that's just a function of millennials making up right. a big chunk of our workforce i mean exactly people i mean i don't know like i mean people i don't send like i mean emoji filled emails but i mean there's definitely people who use like smiley faces mm-hmm. and stuff that right probably 15 years ago would have seemed very unprofessional yeah like i one the price place i worked with before I worked, yeah, the place I worked previously before where I work now, like they tried to implement Slack for like two months. And most of the people using it were about my age, but it was, you know, most of the office were very old, old guard kind of things. And they just, I don't think it's that they didn't know how to work it. They just were like, this is too new and we're accustomed to our old ways. We're just comfortable keeping what, like just doing an email versus a, a chat messenger or something. Whereas like where I'm working now, it's like email is the third thing that you, that you communicate with. Like Slack's number one, then like, you know, Skype or Teams is number two. And then email, if all else fails is where you go last. So like, yeah just it's it's interesting to see the transition sort of starting around this time yeah we had teams before a bunch of our home but we didn't i mean we used it a little bit but not that much but like since obviously since we've all worked from home we've all been using a lot more and like it seems like i don't know it's fallen into like the not the severity but like the i guess like if it's if like you pick the channel based off like what the task is i guess how long it'll take because if it's something like quick or immediate like well it'll be like your teams but if it's like mm-hmm. some people will still send emails if it's like something where they don't seem to need it right away right. or it's like a larger it's not just like a quick thing you can do yeah. which i mean makes sense but it's just i don't know like i guess also i don't know like our team is generally younger so it's right. more used to it like god we had a <laughs> our open enrollment's coming up, so we had a company-wide... Well, not company, like, they did multiple webinars for everyone in the company just to go over the changes to insurance, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, my God, the first tenants were so painful. It was like, people were like... They, well, the, when they first sent out the calendar event, they sent out a bad one or something. <laughs> and so, like, people were trying to click through to access the... There was, like, a video presentation. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, if you joined directly through Teams, it was fine because it was a shared screen. But, like, if you had dialed in, like, the link... They were clicking the wrong link in the wrong email. Anyway, it literally took 10 minutes to, like, everyone to be like, I'm like, oh, I don't have my link doesn't work, and this and that. And I was just yeah. like, oh, my God. And, of course, it went, well, stereotype, but it was, like, the older people right. who were having most of the yeah. issues, which, yeah. I mean, whatever, it's fine. If, if you, I guess if, if, obviously, like, having grown up with a certain amount of technology, it's easier to get used to it. But it was just, like, I don't know, it was just, like, so painful to have to, like, listen to all of that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... No, like if you've been at a company for a long time, you know technology is obviously not going away. It's kind of on you, I feel like, to just learn it or teach yourself. I mean, otherwise, it's going to catch up to you. I don't know. That's privilege, I guess. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in Jack's office, he's doing as Hank suggested, and he's taking on ideas uh, from his employees and. He's not loving it, obviously. So that's basically the show. And my sidekick is a hot black chick who can read minds. We need a button that switches from pornography to basketball immediately. What you have isn't fast enough. My kids are starting to ask questions that I can't answer. This'll just be a minute. Did you check the light bulb? Please do not use that tone. So much of television is really not fit for children or Christians or the elderly. So what if there was a black bar on the lower half of your TV screen that kept you from seeing bad things, like nudity or soccer? Congratulations. Worst so far. So I like a couple ideas. I really like Pete's idea. I think that is a good idea that you have. I mean, like, don't most have like a you know previous channel button? Yeah. Like you could do something like that? Or yeah. Well, mostly during that, I was thinking, like, well, I guess at the time, 10 years ago, even only 10 years ago, it was a lot different than it is now. But I was like, that nowadays, there's the internet, and that's where exactly. people get their pornography. So, yeah. so yeah. that would be a little obsolete now. But I guess in 2010, there were still probably plenty of people, or 2011, there were still probably 
plenty of people I mean, that were doing more traditional things. Let's face it, you're watching porn because you're going to eventually do something to yourself. So the, the, the brazen idea that you're just... You put a black bar in the bottom of your no, mouth no, no, for, no. The, for the filth you're spouting no. right now. <laughs> nice try. But the fact that Pete's just sitting there casually watching porn and said, like, his family is home says more about him, really, than it says about his family. That's true. That is, yes. That's that's an eyebrow-raising thing. Um, but, like, the thing I don't get about Kenneth's idea is it's not like nudity or the bad things are stationary. So the black bar would have to fluctuate, right? Because, I mean, like... If the scene starts and they're standing up, you know, you would probably have to cover like three quarters of the screen to hide the naughty bits. But then if it goes to their faces and they start kissing, do you just black the whole screen out or does the bar go away? Like, I, I, I feel I mean, you're I just, overthinking it. I know, bit. but that, it, it's always it's always bugged me like he doesn't really what does that mean just put a black bar that moves up and down or is it like just because he says in the middle of the screen on the lower half that then it's just like how that wouldn't work because i mean i don't know i mean if you think about it like people's heads usually aren't right up against the top of the screen so they're probably maybe they're far down enough where the generally a half screen bar will, will take out most stuff i don't know i mean it's all in the framing anyway but i'm thinking like something exactly like so, you know, so as a result then directors will have to frame things so that all the naughty bits are only contained in the bottom yeah, half. there it, we go I mean, it would be a Ta-da! huge change uh, it seems more like a censorship than uh, a network being able to set that precedent anyway just something that's always bugged me about kenny's presentation so Tracy and Jenna's sweater problem is solved once they learn that Liz is pregnant and they can't stress her out with their problems. Um, so that story is just kind of over. Um, meanwhile, in Jack's office, he is pitching new ideas to Hank. And his his good idea of, of you know, voice-activated TV, which that's, that's still not much of a thing, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, we have, like, Siri and things like that. Yeah, like, I feel... Well, I know the Roku... Definitely has some voice activated command, and you can do some things like find a show. I don't know if it's it's uh, quite as fully interactive as what Jack's showing here, but it's yes. Yeah, I mean, actually, when he was doing this picture, was like, wait, hey, he was ahead of his time. That's actually yeah. sort of where we're going to now. So yeah. good job, Jack. But yeah, then of course it falls apart. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Good morning. So how did coworker pitch day go, Jack? Well, employee, pitch day was, of course, a new experience for me. Oh, speaking of new experiences, I ate at an Indian restaurant last night. I had none. Uh, sir, I, I, I mean, uh, Hank, I appreciate that you have your way of doing things, but so do I. I am a Six Sigma Black Belt Ultra with the growing branding to prove it. What's Six Sigma? Rock band? I'd like to start this meeting by sharing one of my own ideas. And after you hear it, maybe we can agree that employee pitch day is time that could be better spent drinking and uh, looking out the window. Okay, Jack, you're putting it on the line. What have you got? Hank, what's the one part of the television experience that's not perfect? To me, it's the remote control. Too easy to lose, right? Yes, I lose my remote all the time. Grr, couch cushions. <laughs> what if you didn't need a remote control? Because your remote control was your own voice. Television on channel NBC. Crew out of the Bronx called the Ace Deuces. Amazing! I give you voice activation. Word for my CIs, he got off by. But that shouldn't happen. TV on. He's a uh, voice activation he or VOAC. The only what we have is some mute kid. Unmute. My friends at the DEA say these guys have a high volume of cocaine Low coming volume. in from the dock. Low pick volume. Up but first, I want to go home and delete everything that's on my DVR. Oh, why would oh, you come do on. that? Aren't you six episodes? TV mute. Jack, it doesn't seem to work. You got any other notions, or should we jump to employee ideas? No, no. Uh, no. I have another idea. What if, um... What if... you had a black bar at the bottom of the screen that prevented you from seeing anything dirty? I like that. I like that a lot. It would allow parents to eliminate racy content, like soccer or a woman stuffing a turkey. That's a real family company kind of idea, Jack. And we could sell ads in the black bar, increase our revenue streams. You could call it blah bar. A-plus work, Jack. I don't need to hear anything else. If that's the kind of ideas you're bringing, 9, 10, you will go far, son. Yeah. 
crap. To me, that scene is like Thirty Rockets' best, where it's like the whatever the, you know the characters saying are triggering the TV to mute and volume up and all that. Good yeah, stuff. yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun, I mean, and there's some synergy there too because you have CSI, you know, as a property showcasing Law and Order. Yeah, CSI, CBS. whatever. It's all the one same. of those procedurals. One of those Dick Wolf things. No, see, see, not he wasn't CSI, was he? No, yeah. he's Law and Order and the, now the Chicago, uh, all the Chicago shows, amongst other stuff but also there's a quick visual gag at the very end jack says crap and keeping up with the kardashians all of a sudden pops up then on the yeah. t- on the t- on the voice activated tv yeah no i mean like hank says like jack it doesn't work it works it works it just too works way well. too yeah. well so all they gotta do is fine tune it that's what r&d's for is to make it so that it only picks up you know a person's voice rather than the own tv itself but yeah if only he would have uh, 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 had the foresight to do a, a trigger word or whatever you call well, it. Well, it seems like the trigger word would be TV. Yeah. But then it doesn't because the, I don't know, the character or the actor's name, but the guy that says mute, then TV mutes. But then when Jack says TV mute, then it mutes. So it seems like the trigger word should just be TV. Yeah. But, yeah. But that, again, that's, what that R- that's what the R&D's for, is you fix that. You make it, one, you make it, like the ghoul and the series you make it attuned to someone's voice as opposed to just anyone's voice anyway ah so while jack feels guilty about taking kenneth's idea and getting credit for it uh, he does his best to give kenneth anything he could think of to i guess relieve himself of the guilt uh meanwhile case plays at times too uh as liz goes into her office carmen what are you doing here well, you didn't call back to schedule our interview, so I thought I'd just ambush you with some pregnancy questions. I hope you're not unprepared. Of course not. When are you due? April 20th, Hitler's birthday. What's your pediatrician's name? Dr. Rufus T. Barley Sheath. Where was the baby conceived? In my vagina. What names are you considering? Rufus T. Barley Sheath. How are you feeling? Oh, a little achy and nauseous, but I'm hanging in there. Are you pregnant? No way that I'm not. Owen, screw. I don't know why you're doing this for Jessup. She's a blonde. Don't you know there's a war going on? Or you're doing it for her old man husband. He's your boss. First of all, Jack means nothing to me. Shoot him in the throat and let the dogs eat him. I don't care. What? What's wrong with you? Almost everything. But let's get back to the interview. We're done with that portion. I thought it would be a fun visual if we got some B-roll of you taking sexy pregnancy photos where you bare your stomach like the pregnant bitch that you are. What do you say? Let's take some pictures. Shoot him in the throat and feed him to the dogs for all I care. God, that's such a great It's line. like the that random accent she puts on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> so we're coming up on the finale. Liz has had her really successful uh, photo shoot. I mean, um, she really sells it. She really goes all in on it. Uh, but this was... So, we, we mentioned back at the day, I think the beginning of the recording of the season, that Liz, or Tina Fey has her uh, second child in this time frame. And this episode had me looking out to see if she, if she was showing. Um, but this must have been, so if this is premiering in February, she's still, um, and she, I think she gave birth in May. So this probably was recorded, you know, the year before. So she's probably not, probably not showing that much at all. Um, I mean, so, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like it at all. Um, but back in Jack's office, uh, Jack has to come clean and uh, about his his idea, gives the proper credit, and is ready to quit NBC, Cable Town, Universal, whatever his job title is, or his company title is. X Shinehart Wigs. X Shinehart Wigs, NBC, Universal, Cable Town, CEO, executive. What's going on, Jack? I was just about to hop on my bus back to Philadelphia. I don't fly, but I got my own bus with a pool table in it. We'll drive to Branson together sometime, taking a Yakov Smirnoff show. Doesn't Russia sound like a crazy place? Yes, sir. Uh, but before you go, I want you to meet someone. Uh, this is Kenneth Parcell, one of our pages. Oh, I didn't notice you there, son. You do not have a lot of charisma. Kenneth is the one who came up with the blah bar idea, not me. I'm sorry I misled you. Oh, well, Jack. I have to say I'm surprised. Here's my letter of resignation. It's probably for the best since this is obviously not a good fit. If you call security to escort me out, you should know I have several pistols hidden on me. 
Hold on, Jack. No one's quitting. I'm impressed you told me that. You have a reputation, Jack, as a shark. Cable Town, we're not sharks. We're more like whatever the friendliest fish is. I'm not a science guy. The point is, I wasn't sure how you were going to fit in, but you doing something like this tells me we're going to be just fine. Very well. Uh, good. And Jack should give you something for that idea, son. Finally, thank you. Quid pro quo. But I don't want anything. No? How about a hug? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Sir, it doesn't count as a hug unless it goes on for 10 seconds. You got that right, son. One Mississippi. Oh, that's some good hugging. So this episode does um, some good backing up of the line that one day Kenneth will rule us all because he has a lot in common with the CEO mm-hmm. of Cable Town. Yeah. I mean, and this is the first episode in a while we've had a joke about his seemingly old age or eternal age. Uh, but yeah, like there's a couple of lines there um, that when Kenneth is pitching the blah bar idea, he says, you know, so you can block out all the nudity and soccer games. And then Hank says the same thing, get rid of soccer and you can get rid of women stuffing turkeys and the hugs and the same, like same sentimentalities they seem to share uh, despite being from, so yeah, I mean, Kenneth would do very well. And he has everything he needs. Spoiler alert, (laughs) does do pretty well um, by the end of the series. Um, But yeah, no, they definitely are like one in the same. Uh, I wonder if Kenneth is older, though, right? He'd have to be. He's Of course. He'd definitely be older, yeah. Because he's been around since forever. Uh, but in the closing shot, the final scene, uh, again, wrapping up the day, uh, Avery does get her promotion, and Carmen also gets a promotion? She, she gets another job. She gets another job. Or assignment, I guess. Assignment, yeah. And as excited as I am to be joining the team on Nightly News... I will miss my dear friends here on Basic Cable, but Carmen, you have an exciting new assignment, right? Yes. I will be covering hurricanes. Thank you, Lemon. I owe you. If you want to make it up to me, I have my eye on a toilet pillow from a certain medical supply store. Uh, Avery and I want the baby's middle name to be Elizabeth. After you. Oh, Jack. That's so gay balls. Hey, Liz. Can we get you anything? Do you need some liniment rub on your perineum? No, guys, I'm not really pregnant. I was just pretending to help Jack. Why would you pretend to help Jack? Help him for real. It takes the same amount of time. No, Tracy, she lied to us. And she ordered us around like we were a couple of normals. You will be punished. Can I have my nunchucks back? Or we could call it even. Good God. I have been punished. These are yours to keep. What? Who's the black guy? A bicycle messenger. You took your pants off. They saw her spanks. Yikes. Yikes. So that's Queso Presa. And then the the credit scene is just a continuation of people pitching ideas to Jack. And honestly, I think we mentioned, I know I mentioned this early early on um but liz has the idea that there's a button on your remote that if you see something on screen that you want to buy you press it and it takes you to you know whatever service that sells that and you can buy it and like i genuinely think that's a really good idea yeah in a way i'm surprised that especially shows that i don't are known for like having like characters wear like stylish mm-hmm. things like that they haven't figured out a way to because i mean i i i know there are like websites out there who like make like what they do is collect that sort of thing and say here's what so-and-so or and here's where you can buy it or whatever but yeah. you're right i'm surprised the like networks haven't figured out a way to well i think it, i mean it's pretty invasive i guess i mean it's the same as like cookies online like you yeah. know if something like i mean our phone is hearing everything we're saying right now so if we say something, you know, Papa John's, I guarantee you in the next week, one of us will have an email or an ad or something that says Papa John's. And that's just, well, but that's something you sign, you sort of opt into when you're using the internet. So I think there's a tricky gray area when pitching an idea like that. Like, yeah, it's it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, that means something's recording you, something's listening to what you're saying. 
So you've got to fine tune it to where you can turn that off, you know, and make it optional as opposed to making it something that's always on. But I honestly think it's such a good idea because I've definitely seen a number of things, especially like, you know, like a clothing item or something like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'd like to maybe try and buy that. And you don't know where to really begin to, to search for something like that, really. Yeah. Well, I guess I could see where, like, if you're doing, like, a pop-up on the screen, like, that could be evasive, so that wouldn't work. But mm-hmm. I don't know, like, the, there, I don't know, there are ways you could do it. I guess, like, I, the, I mean, I don't know how many people would download an app, but, like, there's definitely a way where you could have, like, a companion app or something mm-hmm. where, you know, while you're watching, like, it communicates with it and pops up on your phone, like, hey, buy this yeah. thing right here or something like so that. So it's similar to, like, uh, Amazon Prime's X-Ray, just yeah. instead of for actors... It's, it's perks. Consumerism. <laughs> Which is what, well, yeah, as much as I ran down capitalism and consumerism earlier in the episode. I want to consume, we do live, please. We do live in a capitalist society that's not going to change anytime soon, so I may as well embrace some of the cool parts of it. Anyway. What a hypocrite. Yeah, well, no, it's not a hypocrite. It's someone that's passive, but understands that there's problems, but doesn't have the ability or the financial capabilities to make change. In other words, hypocrite. No, that's too blasé. Final thoughts on the episode before we say adieu. We're getting now into the period of stuff that like, I remember from back when I watched it the first time, 10 years ago or whatever now, that I remember like being really into like the, the whole Cable Town run. So I think I remember I first said it, like I guess a season ago, when like it first when the plot line first started with like, their Cable Town was in talks. But this is what I was really remembering after they actually after the acquisition actually completes and the CEO, you know, starts recurring and Chloe Grace Moretz pops mm-hmm. up and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be I think she shows up before the end of this season, so we'll see her. Um but yeah, no, yeah, I would agree with you. I think, yeah, this is continuing a very solid um run of episodes. And the next next week's episode is gonna be the finale to the Carol and Liz love story um, as they're trapped on an airplane um, outbound um, and they have to fully test their relationship. Meanwhile, Avery and Jack are stuck in Canada and <gasps> surprise, she starts going into labor. Her baby can't be a Canadian citizen. Yeah. It'll be a little socialist. Yeah, can't have that. So there, there's a rush for them to get back across the border to make sure she can be born an American. And finally, Tracy uh, is starting to feel the pressures of all of his potential award winnings. Uh, Will it break him? Who knows? We'll have to tune in and find out. All right, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you next week's episode. Episode 94, Season 5, Episode 14, entitled Double-Edged Sword. David, take us out. See you next time. What if there was a channel that's just the sounds of people having a party so you could put it on when you call your parents? You know what my TV is? A sunset. How about a button you push on your remote and you can buy anything you see on TV? Like if you're watching Sex in the City and you just have to have Mr. Big Spaghetti. What if we executed someone live on TV? And then I pull off my mask and I'm a lizard person too. Blackout. End of episode. First of all, Jack means nothing to me. Shoot him in the throat and let the dogs eat him. I don't care. What? What's wrong with you? Almost everything.